I can't stop my mind from racing. A million thoughts run through my head when I try to go to bed. I think of all the tasks I need to complete and all the problems I want to solve. I worry about the people I love. And before I know it, it's 2 a.m. and I'm still wide awake. If that sounds like you, you know you can't keep burning the candle at both ends for too long. Lack of sleep is so crushing. In this episode, I'm going to share five ways that you can create invincible evenings. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornette. Now that many of us are working from home and have been for the last uh, two years, two and a half years, you may have read about or heard of people who need a specific ritual that signals it's time to go to work. They may only have to walk a few steps to their home office or you know, their workspace or their favorite chair, but they need that psychological boundary and a mental shift to switch modes from life to work. As an example, here are some of the rituals that I've read about. One person wraps up their morning rituals, you know, breakfast and getting dressed and all that, and then fills their special work mug with coffee. That's the cue for this person that it's time to go to work. Another person showers, gets dressed, finishes their breakfast, and then walks out the front door of their home and re-enters through a different entrance to step into their home office. A friend of mine built a home office shed in the backyard. It's pretty nice. It is really nice. And this allows them to literally separate work from their personal life in their home. And then, believe it or not, another person gets ready, gets dressed, gets in their car, drives around the block, and promptly returns home to park and start the workday. It's kind of crazy. But... These morning rituals are essential, and I think many of us rely on them to start our day and to go to work. We have a habit, but we kind of drop the ball on the other end of the work-life equation. We don't create or follow a consistent evening ritual. Instead, we kind of let our work bleed into our nights, and then... We wonder why we can't fall asleep. And we wonder why our mornings have become so unpleasant. I mean, the problem is it's damaging our sleep and it's hurting our productivity. Since the release of the first iPhone about 15 years ago, it'll be 15 years ago this summer, too many of us have gotten into a bad habit of endlessly scrolling our email messages, our socials, all that stuff while we're trying to fall asleep laying in bed. How many of us? Well, 90% of Americans have reported using a technological device in that precious hour right before bed. And my friends, this does not make for an evening of restful slumber. It also sets us up for a rough start the next day. 
Now, why is it so bad? Well, for one thing, you've probably heard about this, our devices emit blue light, which suppresses our body's release of melatonin. That's the hormone that makes you feel drowsy. Now, blue light may be helpful during the day. That's why taking a walk outside and getting some sunlight can really help you wake up and refresh you. But that same blue light becomes a problem at night when you're trying to fall asleep. Also, when we keep reading work emails and messages, we stress about things that we can't deal with right now. And I hear what you're thinking. Yes, I can. I can deal with that. But I've learned this, and I think you know it too. You could literally work 24-7 and never be caught up. You know that. I know I could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and never feel like I was done. So you have to kind of put your foot down and decide when your workday is over. When we keep scrolling on Twitter, Facebook, and reading the news, it can give us incredible anxiety about world events. Those events that are completely out of our control. We've had a lot of those over the last few years. You know, for example, I was up late the other evening, this was over the weekend, and read about the breaking news about the mass shooting in Sacramento, California. You may have heard of it. It was a horrendous tragedy. But there was absolutely nothing I could do about it that night. And finally, when we try to work right up to the last minute before falling asleep, it doesn't provide closure to our day. We don't give ourselves enough time to wrap things up, decompress a little, and shift our minds into relaxation mode. And you do need time for R&R, rest and relaxation. You need that to be your most creative, your most productive and to have balance in your life. Cal Newport talks about the need for a shutdown ritual at the end of the day. So you don't leave your mind spinning with that feeling of unfinished work. In his book, there's a quote, This ritual should ensure that every incomplete task, goal, or project has been reviewed, and that for each you have confirmed that either one, you have a plan you trust for its completion, or two, it's captured in a place where it will be revisited when the time is right. I know that I need this too. I get stressed when I feel like I'm going to forget to add a new task to my calendar, lose an important idea overnight while I fall asleep, or not be prepared for a meeting in the morning. So a few years ago, I created the evening ritual that I'm going to describe as a way to close out my day, to calm my mind and to sleep better. I mean, basically, these evening habits of working too late and staring at your phone, they're not doing you any favors. So I'm going to share this routine that may help you make the most of every day and start your next morning with clarity, as well as helping you fall asleep a little bit better every evening. And there are five steps. Reflect, plan, 
anticipate, communicate, and read. Let's talk about the first, reflect. You probably already know I'm a fan of morning journaling. I've talked about it a lot. Ryan Holiday talks about it. Tim Ferriss talks about it. I harness my creativity every morning before the tasks of the workday strip it away. And it does. Work can take away your creativity. I sometimes sketch to let my artistic side run a little wild for a few minutes before I start working. It's good. It's good for you. I like to capture random thoughts and feelings, but I also write down ideas for my business, new articles, and ways that I want to help my clients. It helps me focus my day as I jot down my goals and what I want to accomplish. However, my evening reflections are a bit different. I find that I'm less creative at the end of the day. I'm just not as creative. I'm much more creative in the mornings, especially after I've had a cup of coffee. At night, I'm a little tired. I've been focused on work all day and my mind feels a bit drained. So instead of trying to come up with wild new ideas, I reflect on my day. You can think of this as a mini version of a post-mortem exercise that you might use for one of your work projects. If you work on projects and you collaborate with other people, this is a pretty popular exercise in the tech world. You do a post-mortem. You sit around and say, what worked? What didn't work? What are we going to do differently next time? This is the same, but it's a tiny version. This is you thinking back on your day, so it helps you evaluate things and make small improvements going forward. And it's important to do this every day. This is why I ask my clients when they're frustrated with work, they're trying to make some changes, they're trying to plan their future, to do a daily journaling exercise because you forget stuff. You forget the details as time goes by. And if you wait days, weeks, or even months to try to reflect on how things are going at work or in your life, the details become fuzzy. And it's just not as effective. It's just not. So here are a few questions you could ask yourself. And again, I recommend using a paper notebook, good old paper, to write your answers to these questions to avoid that blue light problem. And this doesn't have to take a lot of time. I know this, you may be thinking, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Who has time to sit and write and write and write at night? I know you're busy. We all are. This really only should take about 15 minutes, maybe even less. You know, you may have a day that's not very eventful. So think about what went well today and why do you think it went well? This is a good question because I want people to think in the moment about what they like about their work, the activities that made them feel energized and think about specifically why was that? Why was that and how can you carry it forward? What did you enjoy doing? Why did you enjoy it? And then on the flip side, what didn't go well? What went wrong? Why did it go wrong? If you had an argument with a coworker, why do you think it happened? And most importantly, how could you be more effective and maybe more successful next time? What could you do differently? What did you learn today? 
And that could be things you learned in general. It could be things you learn from these interactions or things you learn from mistakes. Did you accomplish everything you wanted? And if not, why? Are you trying to do too much? Are there ways to change your schedule so you have more time to get things done? And that's kind of the important thing, the last question. What do you want to do differently tomorrow? Every day is a new opportunity to do something different, to make your life better, to make your work better. What do you want to try tomorrow? And as you do this for a few weeks, you'll probably discover that the act of writing is also cathartic. There's been research that finds that writing can help you process traumatic, stressful, or emotional events. And that improves your physical and psychological well-being. The simple act of writing about something that's giving you anxiety or stressing you out, putting it on paper, can help you feel better. The second activity is to plan. And I'm sure you've experienced that feeling of a million ideas and issues and problems all swirling around in your brain. It can be overwhelming. And I know many people who have trouble falling asleep at night because their mind is racing. The simple act of capturing those thoughts in a paper notebook, again, helps me fall asleep more quickly in the evening. I keep a small one on my nightstand for that very purpose. When I have a creative idea or a thought about how to solve a problem, I scribble it in that notebook before my head hits the pillow. The other day I was sketching some illustrations that helped me think through, for example, career ladders. And that became an article that I wrote. I also sketched some illustrations for some ideas around how people who want to become entrepreneurs can think about the product they're trying to create or the service and where to find their customers. And I know that I can't make more progress or solve problems at bedtime. I know that I need to sleep. But I can't relax until I write down those issues to remember to deal with them in the morning. So before you crawl into bed, just quickly plan your next day. What is the single most important thing you want to accomplish? Put it at the top of the list. This is a new strategy that I've used. I used to have this huge list of things I wanted to do. And then I'd feel overwhelmed and I wouldn't get everything done. And instead, I kind of thematically said, what is the one thing, the most important thing I have to get done tomorrow? And that goes at the top. And so you can have other tasks and appointments, of course, you will. But if you at least complete that one critical task the next day, you'll feel accomplished. You finish even more, great. You're going to feel like a productivity machine. So the third activity is to anticipate. This is a little more mental than anything else. And it's about anticipating the activities of the next day. You know, for one thing, I always want to ensure that I haven't overlooked an early morning meeting. You know, I don't usually schedule early morning meetings because I, I like to journal and exercise and things like that. But occasionally when I have a client that's in a different time zone and they're, you know, I have some folks I'm working with in Europe, I'll have a really early morning meeting and I have to check to make sure that hasn't slipped onto my calendar and I didn't notice it. 
I mean, I also want to get a sense of what tomorrow will be like and how I'm going to weave my other tasks and activities around the scheduled discussions. You know, when am I going to make time to work out, go for a run? So scan your calendar to ensure you feel ready for the next day. You can even engage in a quick visualization exercise, which is very effective. Lots of research on that. Picture yourself accomplishing various tasks. So if you're going to be making a big presentation to your boss, proposing something, quickly visualize what that's going to be like and being successful. You can also block off time. You know, I talk about this all the time, using your calendar as your, as your dear friend to protect your time. Create private appointments just with yourself. Block off time if you know you're going to need some time to prepare before some of those meetings. So if you have that big meeting coming up to present to your boss, block off 30 minutes to get your head straight. So you have time to kind of think, run through your points, go for a walk around the building, whatever it is, and be ready to come in strong. When you have a sense of who you'll be meeting and what you'll be doing, your unconscious mind can also prepare. This happens. You know how that works. Even if you're not actively thinking about something, your mind is processing it. And it's kind of surprising, but you know, I found that priming myself for tomorrow's events somehow allows my brain to process things even while I'm sleeping. I often wake up and immediately have a creative solution to a problem I was thinking about the night before. And again, that's why I love to grab my morning journal first thing and capture those ideas before I get distracted. Number four is to communicate. And this is about communicating with your future self. This is about talking to yourself. This isn't about communicating with someone else. You can think of this as a low budget time machine (laughs) that lets you send a message to the you of tomorrow morning. So think about that at night. What do you want to share with yourself? Capture where your thoughts are at the end of the day to enable a successful handoff to yourself tomorrow. It's you helping you. Future you will thank past you. This will help you pick up where you stopped instead of saying, what in the heck was I thinking here? Where was I going with this design? What was I going to write next in this article? It's really hard sometimes to pick up a project in the morning when you can't remember what you were thinking the night before. And I do this when I'm writing articles and stories and I'm working on my book. I'll quickly scribble a few bullet points. That's all it takes. That capture the essence of what I'm thinking and how I'll take those ideas and jump back into writing the next day. It really helps me get started. And there's, a, there's an author who does this, and I can't think of the name right now. If you know who this is, let me know. I was trying to go through my notes, and I can't find the person that does this or where I learned this. But they had an interesting strategy for avoiding writer's block. Even when they knew exactly how they wanted to end the chapter they were currently writing, they wouldn't finish it if the day was almost over. They wouldn't, you know, force themselves to go two more hours and, and finish it. Instead, 
they'd write a few notes about what they had in mind and go to bed. That way, the next morning, they didn't have to waste any time thinking about what to write or how to get started. They knew exactly what they had envisioned and how they would end the chapter they were in the middle of writing the previous day. They could dive right into things. So you can do the same thing with your work. Leave things in a good state the night before with you knowing exactly what you want to do next. Make a few notes to communicate that vision to your future self. Go to sleep and attack it again when you're fresh in the morning. And I've learned this about myself. I don't know if it's true for you, but there are certain times of the day and maybe for you in the evening that you're most effective, most productive, most creative. For me, it's in the morning. So if I try to crank and push through at night, the work isn't as good. It just isn't as good as it will be in the morning. So instead, I just capture a few points and say, let my fresh morning self grab these bullets and turn into something better. And then finally, last step, read. Instead of staring at your phone in bed or looking at a TV screen, open a good book. We all know that we should probably be reading more. There are very few people that I know that say, I'm reading enough or I'm reading too much. Most of us know we should probably be reading more. Reading is good for you. But we struggle to find time to do it. I was a voracious reader when I was younger. I was that kid. I would finish numerous books every week. Sometimes I would read a book a day. Especially in the winter, in the Midwest. (laughs) Freezing cold outside. Yeah, we'd play a little bit, but then come in and read a book. But as I grew older, life got in the way of my reading hobby. I was so busy with textbooks during college and graduate school that I didn't have time to read for pleasure. I didn't have time for that. There was no time for fun. Later, when I was in the middle of my tech career, I felt like I should only be reading books on professional development, leadership, business stuff. Only in the last few years have I started reading for pleasure again. For example, I no longer feel guilty about reading fiction for fun. And I'm telling you, I did. I felt, I felt guilty. I, I think I'd pick up a book every once in a while and be like, I don't have time for this. This is frivolous. I don't have time to read for fun. So whatever it is that you prefer and works for you, and that could be fiction, nonfiction, maybe like humor, biographies, maybe like mysteries, westerns, whatever it is, try reading to calm your mind as a bedtime ritual. I mean, as much as we all seem to love Netflix and YouTube and whatever else is out there, Hulu, and love scrolling social media on our phones, those activities, they're not conducive to a good night's sleep. I'm just as guilty as anyone else. My wife and I got into a bad habit of watching, you know, like a show, sometimes too, on Netflix every evening in bed. I mean, it felt like a comforting ritual, But then we noticed we weren't sleeping very well. Over the last 
six months or so. We'd wake up several times during the night. Sometimes we'd wake up early. I'd wake up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. And I couldn't fall back asleep. She'd have that happen too. Because once you're awake, your mind starts spinning again. And you're like, oh, I can't get back asleep. For the past few weeks instead, we've set Netflix aside. And what we're doing is reading in bed now for 30 to 60 minutes. It's fun. It's relaxing. I've noticed that I get much sleepier now. And I have no trouble dropping off quickly into slumberland. It's, uh, it's been a huge improvement. So, like anything, test this ritual with yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Test it. And I know it can feel rigid to create bedtime rituals, morning rituals, work rituals, exercise rituals. I mean, it's fun to be spontaneous, wild, and free, right? Some of us are creatures of habit, and we find it centering and calming to create and follow rituals. Hi, I'm Larry. I am a creature of habit. I've always enjoyed personal optimization and experimenting with ways to be more effective, more productive, healthier. I've been doing it ever since I was a kid. But some folks find it challenging to create new habits and they find it stifling to follow them. But I'll say this, if you are discovering that being completely wild and free and not following rituals is messing with your productivity, it's hurting your sleep and it's starting to harm your health, it might be time to test, just test a better routine. For the next few weeks, try these five activities of reflecting, planning, anticipating, communicating, and reading. You won't see the benefits right away in a day or two. That's not how it works. No habit works that way. So give it some time. Give it a chance. Everything takes a little time. You can't exercise for a day or two and be like, wow, I'm in tremendous shape. You can't read a book once and say, I've learned everything. (laughs) You got to give it some time. So let me know. If this evening ritual helps you, you can go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. Leave a comment. Send me a message. I'm easy to reach. And feel free to share other strategies you've used to wrap up your day in a positive way. I'd love to hear about them. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you find something in here useful. Something will help you. And as I've said before, you could help me by leaving a rating and review. You can do that through Apple iTunes or your podcast player of choice. If it allows you to leave ratings and reviews, I would really appreciate it. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.